Greetings, you're watching the online ministry from St. Augustine's Anglican Church here in Inverell. My name is Adam Draycott and uh, welcome. It's great to be sharing this time of ministry with you. This has been prepared for the, 20, uh, the 20th of February 2022 and our sentence of scripture comes from Psalm 13 verses 5 to 6. It says, we put our trust in the steadfast love of the Lord. Our heart shall rejoice in his salvation. We will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with us. Uh, these are beautiful words from Psalm 13 that help us begin our time. And we will be reflecting a little later on. Uh, on the steadfast love of the Lord. But for now, let's uh, enjoy this time of praise. My song is love my Savior's love to me, love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. Oh, who am I that for my sake my Lord should take from flesh and
Let me pray. Father, keep before us the wisdom and love you have revealed in your Son. Help us to be like Jesus in word and deed. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. As we come to the ministry of God's word, our Bible reading comes from 1 Samuel 26, verses 2 to 23, Psalm 103, and Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. That is our preaching passage for this, for today. Please take a moment to read it out loud, wherever you are, whomever you're with. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you uh, that we can spend this time together with our Bibles open. Uh, Father, help us to put aside uh, the noises and the distractions uh, that's going on in our life. Help us to use this time well, that we would hear you speak by your Holy Spirit, that we'd be changed on account of our time here now. Grow us in Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Today we continue the series on the Sermon on the Flatland. We started it last week. Not the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Flatland. That's right, you heard it correctly. Uh, Jesus has just turned the world upside down, the world of his disciples. He's talked about blessing and woe. Woe aligns with the false prophets. You can see that in verse 26. The false prophets were liars. They would twist God's word. Life might be good now, sure, but guys, this is as good as it gets. Woe follows. Trouble, distress. But on the other side of the ledger was blessing. Uh, this is what we looked at last week. Blessing aligns with, verse 23, the faithful prophets. And yes, life might be hard, but this is as bad as it gets. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Yours is the kingdom of God. And then we go, maybe, <laughs> maybe we go, okay, Jesus, I am blessed. Hallelujah. That is so good. Kingdom of God. Awesome. Uh, rewards in heaven. Brilliant. Jesus, how do I get on in the meantime? If this is what's coming, while we wait, how do we navigate life? Because we're still going to live in the world. So how? And this is verse 27. What's the answer? Can you see it? The answer is, begins with L, shout it out. That's right. Love. Verse 27, but to you who are listening, it's, you know, gets their attention. Listen up, people. This is really important. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Uh, I shared this on Thursday with people. My question was, who is my enemy? Your your imagination could run wild at this point. Just stop it for a second, though, because look at verse 22. It gives you some context. Blessed are you when people hate you. Well, there's a clue. 
when they exclude you and insult you. There's another clue. Here they are. Here's the enemy right here. And reject your name as evil. That's not very nice. But why? Why do they hate? Why do they exclude? Why do they insult? Why do they reject? What's the answer in the text? It's because of the Son of Man. This is people's response to Jesus. And if you read through the book of Acts, this was the experience of the early church. As they preach the good news of Jesus, they are persecuted, they are imprisoned, they are marginalized, they are hunted, they are martyred, they experience. And what do they experience? You can go to the blessing column. Remember on the blessing column, what's on it? Poverty, hunger, tears. This is their experience. But blessed are you, just like the prophets of old. Now, Jesus says to his disciples, listen, now, because verse 22 is true, love your enemies. This is how you're to roll. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And then Jesus illustrates. Verse 29, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat... Do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Again, I was reading this during the week. Someone else asked me, how literal do you take this, Adam? I mean, (laughs) I guess, uh, how far do we go? And you're like... Fair question, too right. And then then we remember, as we think about the context, here we are in 2022, living in a place of relative comfort and peace. Yeah, how does it apply? Uh, It's helpful to remember. This is all an account of our belonging to Jesus. I know we want to read the text and see that how it's all about me. Here you've actually got to see it's all about Jesus first. It's about people's response to Jesus firstly and foremostly. Yeah, okay, you're going to be hated for all sorts of reasons. But here, the context behind this hostility, it's not about me. It's actually one's response to Jesus. Now, John 15, verse 18, Jesus says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. You got it. How, how did Jesus respond to such hatred and cursing and mistreatment? Well, Romans 5, verse 8 tells us, Whilst we were sinners, whilst we were God's enemies, Whilst we were flipping the bird at God, Christ died for us. That's God's love right there in action. Or 1 John 4 verse 10, this is love, not that we loved God. No, he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus illustrates the way of love. We get to see how radical God's love is. We worship a God that loves his enemies, the undeserving. It's incredible. And Jesus says, for you, 
as you follow me, this is, this is what it might look like. So verse 29, turn the other cheek. Might look like that. And then you go, more information. And I go, okay, well, um, some commentators believe that to be literally slapped was just like getting an insult. Um, it's a big insult to be slapped in the face, I've got to say. But behind, it's not just physical violence where someone wants to just beat you up. It's, it's an insult. It's a bit like, you remember the story about President Bush? He's in Iraq and he's got the, um, the press conference and one of the, one of the, um, uh, the journalists from the Middle East gets up and he throws his shoe at President Bush and he ducks and he throws another shoe and uh, you're thinking, wow, he, he really shouldn't have done that. Um, terrible, I know, but it wasn't one shoe, it was two shoes insults never stop at one they just keep coming and jesus saying you know what just just wear it someone wants to insult you like that you're going to need to just wear it which is hard that's counterintuitive isn't it our instinct our gut is just want to fight back punch them out get the knuckle on but our our tv diet promotes that you know, you tune into any Australian soap opera or unreality TV, I call it, or any action movie. The Lethal Weapon movies are a fine example of Australian... Uh, anyway, so many stories are anchored in payback and revenge and hatred and cursing and mistreatment. And, man, we are just so saturated and indoctrinated by the dark side. By the opposite of this. And so we go, well, how far? And Jesus is saying, go the way of love. Don't go to the dark side. Go to the way of love. Give the other cheek if you have to, verse 29. Or give you a shirt. That sounds like someone's being robbed. You try and steal from me. My instinct is to get the knuckle on, not to ask them what else they'd like. Jesus is saying, no, don't resist. Don't fight, don't plot revenge, just give in and give way and give it up for the gospel. Now why? Now be careful here, because you know you can read this, you can read this part of Luke chapter 6 and you go, this is, Jesus did all of this for me. Turn the other cheek, you're joking, he died on a cross. He did all this. But if that's true, why is why are we still reluctant? Why do we still balk at this? And again, I want us to be thoughtful here. As Jesus calls us to turn the other cheek and we go, oh, do we have to? Remember, we're responding to the one who was spat on and mocked and bore insults and died. <laughs> and in light of that, who on earth would ask, hey, Jesus, are you sure we have to do this? What do you reckon the answer's going to be? Do we really have to bear the insults? Do we really have to give way and give in? Are you sure? What do you reckon? Look at the cross. What do you reckon the answer is? To the one, remember, stripped naked and clothes divided. Who's ever going to say to Jesus, what, what do you mean I've got to give my shirt as well? 
or my, or my material possessions. What do you mean I'm going to part with my material possessions? Who's ever going to say that to Jesus? You look again at the cross. And of course, you, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. But I'm going to say, if you, if you look at the cross, if, you, if we understand that this is how Christ first loved us, in a way that transcends even this, then I don't even know why it's still a question. See here, God's love. It's just out of this world. It is radical in its vulnerability. It's exposed. It's selfless. It's costly and it's giving. That's what God's love is like. And it's unconditional. And you know it's unconditional because it was whilst we were sinners Christ died for us. Not while we were somehow thumbs up, whatever that means. Look at the next section with me, verse 31. I actually think verse 31 begins the next the middle section, if you've got your Bible open, you can see that. It's attached to the other paragraph. Ignore that. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Sounds like motherly advice. They're the words of Jesus. Motherly advice, of course. Uh, example, take your hanky. That's motherly advice. Use a singlet. That's in case it's cold, not instead of a hanky, because that would be gross. Uh, have a bath. Yeah, more than two seconds would be good. Um, I asked my sisters, hey, what was mum's motherly advice? What did she always say? And my sisters were kind of unanimous. They said, mum's motherly advice was, wait till your father gets home. <laughs> of course, I, I needed to be reminded because I was a good boy. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't one of her terrible children. Maybe like my sister's work. Verse 31 um, is often touted as the golden rule. Now be careful with the golden rule. Too many people read it with self-interest. Um, it does not say, be sure to be kind to others so that they will be kind back. No. Nah. Look at verse 32. Uh, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? So no. Nah. Even sinners love those who love them. Nothing special about a sinner's love here. Verse 33, if you do good to those who are good, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Again, nothing special again. Verse 34, if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners. Expecting to be repaid in full. Again, nothing special to see here about how the world gets on. It's all just a load of mutual back-scratching and self-interests. That's what's on view in all of those verses. But they maybe you get nervous about verse 35. But love your enemies, okay. Do good to them, okay. Lend to them, what? Not only lend to them, do it without expecting to get anything back. Are you, what, what? So let me get this right, Jesus. They can slap me, they can insult me, they can take the clothes off my back and I'm still going to be willing to dish out bad loans to people that I don't like. Are you serious? Well, context, 
What is Jesus saying? Loans were a help particularly designed to help the poor. And remember, under Jewish life, every seven years, the debt was wiped. uh, And they were always interest-free under Jewish law. That's because their intention was to help poor people. So offering a loan was... Wasn't a, it wasn't a commercial thing. It was d- deemed to be kind and charitable. It's not the way of the capitalist here. It was deemed to be kind and charitable. But for some, the loans business was a way of building goodwill because one day, you know, I might be the one in need and if I scratch your back, then maybe one day you'll scratch mine. And Jesus is saying, nah, you're thinking like sinners and there's nothing special here. And more, what would the poor do then? Now think, most of us are not in the loans business. so, But I have seen it happen where a local businessman from a small town, he'd come to church and he was approached for a loan and someone who approached him uh, wanted a leg up to purchase some land and to run some stock uh, and to make a new start and make a living. He, This guy was no chance with the banks and to be plain, he was no chance anywhere else, really. He was just no chance. Uh, but my mate, what does he do? Pfft, he, yeah, he you know he loans the money without ever being sure he'd ever see the money again, and he knew that. And I say, dude, why did you do that? He, two things. He said, I've got means. I, if I never see the money again, I'm I'm not going to be on poverty street. I've got the means to be generous. Two, everyone deserves another chance, Adam. Everyone deserves another chance. And you go, that's that's this kind of love that God's Jesus is talking about. This is that's love that doesn't think like sinners do. And then I go, yeah, we're not in the loans business. That's true, but we are in the kindness. And charity business, absolutely. And Jesus is actually saying, when we love and when we show kindness and when we show charity, we are to do it without any expectation of something back. We are to love without strings attached. We are to give If we give, we are to do so without expecting anything back. Verse 35. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. See, there it is. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. My father, my buddy... He taught me about mercy. It's just like God's mercy. See, why why do we love our enemies? Because that is what God is like. Why do we do good to our enemies? 
or the undeserving, because that is what God is like. Why do we give without any expectation of return? No strings, because that is what God is like. Here is the divine standard of love. And where to follow it? Because we're his children. We are to reflect God's gracious character to all and sundry, especially the immoral, the wicked, and the ungrateful. We are to be merciful, just as our Father is merciful. Such love marks us out as God's children. Notice the next section. Here's the last bit. Mercy is like a seatbelt. What are seatbelts? They stop you lest you go flying, right? And mercy should restrain us from being overly harsh in judgment and supercritical. Verse 37. Don't judge or you too will be judged. Don't condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Jesus is saying you're not judge and jury. Don't act like you are judge, jury, and executioner. Don't accuse people of their guilt. Don't put them in the witness box. Don't hold them down. Don't condemn. You can't do that and then conclude that that's okay because they're not worth it without any regard for encouraging them towards God. You can't do that. You might as well be saying, go to hell for all I care. That's not okay. Why? One... Because God is merciful. That is not how God relates to you. God is merciful to you. So go and be merciful to others. Here's the second reason. You've got to be careful of the measure you use. Because whatever you measure you use, it's coming back. So verse 37 again. So do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Do that. Give and it will be given to you. Do that. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is a picture of being at the market, buying grain. Verse 38, good measure, pressed down, shaken. The generous trader not only fills up the measuring container for the customer, he's going to press down the grain, he's going to shake the container to get all the other remnants out, and he's going to make even more room for more grain and then he's going to top it off until it overflows into the customer's lap it's full to overflowing and it's a great encouragement to be to give to be free in our giving and to be generous this is the way of love so don't resist don't withhold don't begrudge anyone give Give blessing, give good deeds, give prayers, give the other cheek, give the shirt off your back if you have to, give freely, give unconditionally, give without any strings or and without any obligation. Give forgiveness, give mercy, give love, even to gospel enemies. Give because Christ first gave himself for you, for us. Be merciful just as our Father is merciful. Give and it will be given to you and great will be your reward.
in heaven. And so we pray, Father God, help us not just to listen to your word, but help us to stitch these truths into our hearts that we might go out and love as you have first loved us. Amen.
brothers and sisters, we come into a time of prayer. Um, don't not pray. Uh, make sure you pray. Uh, work through the Lord's Prayer if that's a help to you. Uh, pray it out loud. Whomever you're with, wherever you are, make sure you do business with God. Commit things to Him. Find things that you want to confess. That's a good and healthy thing to do. Uh, have a time of thanksgiving. There's a blue screen coming up. It doesn't mean there's a problem. It means that there are prayer points. And then later on, towards the end of the service, uh, if you're keen to offer a sacrifice, not only with your lips, uh, but also with your pockets, uh, and you want to express your love for God financially, then... Uh, you're welcome to do so in the means that will uh, put up on the screen. Let me close with a blessing. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. May he equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.